something is happening in our world. The masses of people are rising up, and wherever they are assembled today, whether they are in Johannesburg, South Africa, Nairobi, Kenya, Accra, Ghana, New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, Jackson, Mississippi, or Memphis, Tennessee, the cry is always the same. We want to be free. If I can help somebody as they pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody that they're traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian ought, if I should sing salvation to the world he wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my living will not be in vain. And you're listening to the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. And it is another great day in Anderson with the year 2020 already picking up steam. It's finally starting to feel like real winter around here. And I guess you've all can testify to that with the temperatures. Speaking of winter, Hartwell Lake was chosen as one of the top seven winter fishing lakes in the country last week by a travel and recreation website. Uh, nothing the people here didn't already know about since Green Pond Landing and Event Center has been playing a big part of this kind of recognition we've been getting. We've been named one of the top 100 lakes overall in America. And in this episode, I will talk to Anderson County Parks uh, Director Matt Shell, whose hard work and vision over the past decade has made it possible to help develop Green Pond, have master plans and multiple plans, and also some other things in parks. Also, talking about awards, the annual U.S. News and World Report rankings came out this week, and Anderson University's online programs were among the best in the state and some of the top in the region. And meanwhile, Clemson's online graduate program in education was once again named the best in the country. So no surprises here either. You add Tri-County Tech into that mix, and the students in Anderson County can get a top-notch education without having to leave home. And these good schools, coupled with the growing demand for excellent uh, high-tech jobs, high-skilled jobs, people who can communicate are going to help stem the brain drain maybe we've experienced historically and keep some of our smart kids here at home because the jobs will be here for them. So that news is good. Meanwhile, a county agency needs your help. Now pay close attention to this. The Criminal Justice Coordinating Committee has posted an online survey to get citizen input on the justice system in Anderson County. It's a short survey. I took it. It takes about three minutes. And it doesn't ask for any personal information other than your zip code. And that's just to help figure out which parts of the county feel like they have which needs. The deadline for participation in this survey is February 29th. So Leap Year gives you an extra day at the end of February. And you can find out more information about this at the Anderson Observer. There's a story there. You can find out more about this at the Anderson County website. Just search CJCC or search Criminal, Com- Criminal Justice Coordinating Committee. It's a mouthful. But I did talk to the board chair of the CJCC Connections Board, Dave L. Phillips, about the survey. So I'm the, I'm the chairman of the Community Coordination Coordinating Committee, whatever it is. So I've got a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of C's involved. I was going to say, how many C's can we work into yeah, this? So Criminal Justice Coordinating Council Community Connections Committee, there you go, that's me. I'm the chair of that committee. So, and, and we're new, we, we just, we're formed in November 
um, combined two other committees. We had a community engagement and a community mapping. And so I was on both of those committees last year. And, and so what we did was basically combine those two into a community connections, uh, probably because I was a connections pastor. So it's like, well, we'll just keep doing the connecting thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I do. Um, and with the idea for 2020, that we get in the community and create conversation about the criminal justice system and get community involved in that. So at the beginning of that, what I, what I suggested and then found out that Charleston CJCC had already done it, um, is put a survey together and, and just get people's responses. So Charleston already did it, so we took Charleston's survey uh, and basically took everything they had, we added a couple things, reorganized it a little bit, but um, went after the same kind of thing. Very simple questions. Um, we don't ask for any personal information, but we were just trying to get some feedback on particular areas in the criminal justice system. Uh, and so that's what you see in that survey. And they're just trying to, like you said, develop a sort of a, a, a uh, strategic plan on what they want to change and do. And right, and really, I would say the survey is more designed to create a conversation. So if I go to Honeypath Town Hall and say, we want to have a meeting about CJCC, criminal justice system. What I, when we do that, I can go with data that says, okay, we surveyed Anderson County and the zip codes that are in your area, here's you know how it looks, how's how you responded to the survey versus how the county responded. I can do that if I get enough responses, right? So if I get 1,500, 2,000 responses on the survey, then I can then I can slice and dice it and, and look at it. Um, but at any rate, I want to be able to tell them, this is what the community seems to think that this is one of the most important topics that we need to talk about. And so we want to be able to address that. Um, How long will this survey be going on? Are they good online is the best way to? Online is the best way through February is when we think we'll be done, so it's just six weeks. If we get enough publicity, if we can get it out there enough, then I think we can get enough responses that we can say we've gotten everything that we're gonna get. The main thing is I want it to be broad enough so it's not my friends that are answering it. Right. You know, there are people I don't know, but that live in the county that are out there taking it. That's, that's the push. Uh, some of you may have met Dave Phillips, too. He's also involved in the Community Resource Guide, which we'll talk more about on another podcast uh, episode. But it would be great to see massive response to this survey. Uh, 1,500 minimum, really preferably to get more like 2,000, because the better sample they have, the better they'll be able to, to respond to what the community thinks is needed in terms of criminal justice and how the justice system works in Anderson County. Again, it takes less than three minutes. I did it myself. And it's a quick, uh, basic question survey, but it gives you room to, to express yourself. Well, we are in the season of, of celebrating and honoring the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And there is an event Saturday in Clemson that hopes to provide bridges of understanding to those of differing political ideals, which uh, if you've been on social media, if you've been around at any, uh, any kitchen table, any family table over the holidays, you know that tempers can sometimes flare over who's conservative, who's progressive, who is a Democrat, who is a Republican. And Better Angels of Clemson 
will host an event Saturday from 9 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. at Holy Trinity Episcopal Church. That's in Clemson. And the goal is to bring those Democrats and Republicans, progressives and conservatives, all together for discussion time free of name-calling and attacks. The only requirements for attending are a pledge to good manners, a listening ear, a civil tongue, and that you will register before the event. And you can find more, out more about registering at the Anderson Observer. It's in our calendar. There's a story about it or at the Better Angels of Clemson Facebook page. The name obviously comes from Abraham Lincoln's first inaugural address where he was appealing to people's Better Angels trying to avoid the war between the North and the South. And while that one didn't work, maybe there's some hope for this one to, uh, this plea to bring people into a civil dialogue that they can find common ground and those areas they agree on build bridges into those areas. And there are another, a number of other events going on in Anderson this week. But before I get to those, let's take a quick look at, look at Anderson County's overall work and goals for January that we do every, every month. I do talk to Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns about those topics, and here's what he had to say for January. It is January, and we're halfway through the budget year, and uh, what do we need to know about that? Well, uh, it's the beginning of the new year, not the budget year, but uh, really the second half of our budget year. Right. We just had the election of the county council chairman. Tommy Dunn was re-elected to be chairman of the Anderson County Council for another year. Councilman Brett Sanders was elected vice chairman. So we've done that, and then coming up will be the appointment of committees. So that will take place at the next council meeting, and then I would imagine after that council will begin committee work on various and sundry items, of which there are many various and sundry items. Uh, one of the things that we've been working on lately, as a matter of fact this week, as a matter of fact this morning, is that the council would like us to have a van for veterans in Anderson County. Currently, veterans can get transportation if they go to the VA clinic from the clinic <coughs> to the Dorn VA facility. But what we're running into, and we've got around 20,000 veterans in Anderson County, is that people are having trouble getting to the VA facility. Now that van can only go up and down, up and down from here to Columbia. So we're looking to purchase a van that would allow us to pick people up locally in Anderson, carry them to local doctor's appointments, carry them to the VA facility uh, out on 81, and possibly to doctor's visits in Greenville. So hopefully we can have that implemented here in probably 60 days. So that's one of the things that we would council would really like to accomplish right now. So that's one of the things we're working on, continuing to look at the jail study, continuing economic development efforts. Uh, the budget uh, included uh, raises for employees and so it's all been phased in now, haven't it? All of that's been phased in. Everything's in. The hiring freeze that was in effect for six months uh, expired on January 1, So, but we're not pell-mell rushing to hire people, but gradually ramping up, because in some of our departments, the wintertime is a little slower, so <clears throat> there's some things we can't do, like a lot of mowing and things like that. Council has directed us to work on a <clears throat> major countywide cleanup, something we haven't, that we've done many times, but this would be along the lines of where actually county employees will during the week get out and we will all pick up trash so we're looking to put that together because our roads still still need a lot of attention and so we've got that going on and uh, there's so many other things 
Well, the census is going to kick in this year. What what do people need to know about why that's important that they, they fill out their census? Well, it is very important because the apportion of funds from various state and federal agencies are highly dependent on that. And you certainly want to make sure that your county gets its fair share. The other thing that's very important is for people to remember that this is in the Constitution that you do the census. This is not a new thing. This is not a policy. It's in the foundation of our country that every 10 years we will do a census. But I think what you're going to find when this census is completed, and hopefully we have a 100% count, which would be to our benefit, is you're going to see a lot of South Carolina Senate, South Carolina House, and county council lines redrawn. <coughs> and you're going to have some districts expanding <coughs> and some shrinking. <coughs> so that's going to be uh, very interesting. And that's going to happen at least in the growing portions of the state. And so that's fascinating for me to look at. And we already have some early indications that if the Powdersville area, that district's going to shrink. And so are they going to be moving Senate lines? They're going to shrink in terms of the Geograph geographical right. size. Right. Because pretty much every council district should have around 28,000 people in it. Right. Well, if you got 28,000 people in a little area, then that's a district. Right. But uh, again, the census has to be completed, and we're making a big effort working in concert with a lot of different agencies to make sure that people are aware of it, that we can count you and get everybody on board. And is council getting any closer to moving towards that a referendum question for the roads, the penny uh, tax? We are looking at the formulation of how that question could appear on the ballot to give to council because they would like to study it because it has to be done exactly right. How soon do they have to have that question in? Uh, probably within the next two months to have that question in and to get it verified and to make sure it meets all legal ramifications. And talking about paving, it's you know been a priority and there's a lot of paving still going on. Um, is uh, I guess this time of year is a little slow, more planning because of cold weather. It's a little slow, but we're uh, getting a list of roads, which we already have a list of roads, but trying to prioritize those roads. And the towns are also doing the same thing, getting their road list in to go to the Anderson County Transportation Commission. So you've got that going on. So it's a lot of planning work right now, but it's also a lot of pothole patching and cleaning out ditches and things like that going on right now. And that's what you can do in the winter. You mentioned economic development. Is January typically a slow time for economic development? December's generally slow. This January has started out gangbusters, so I'm hoping that everything that's in the pipeline right now comes to fruition because there's a whole lot of it. Anything big coming soon? Well, 400 jobs is big to me. Of course, 10 jobs is big to me. So we're looking for all of those things to happen within the next six months, and we're expecting our existing partners to... Uh, continue to expand their operations and we've been meeting with some of our existing industries and they do have plans to expand and or move operations here from other parts of the world so we're very happy about that. Have we sort of shifted the spec building thing to letting private people buy them? I mean it looks like we've got some people trying to build buy spec buildings and not the county getting out buying spec buildings. Well you have those three going up in Powdersville and we think that's very good but I like to think the fact that we proposed building a spec building and somebody bought it before we even built it and then where Arthrex is we bought that and people and Arthrex bought that before we could even start it so we've proven that there's money to be made if you build one that somebody will come in there. 
So right now, we don't have any plans to build one because right now we don't have to build one. Well, that's a good problem to have. Yes, it is. Uh, when's the next meeting with the folks on the downtown design? That will be the end of January. And I've had conversations with uh, folks at the city on that project. We're working back, we'll be working back and forth on a lot of different projects. So end of January is when we expect to get an update on that and have some more intensive discussions on what, when, and where. And again, we've been following up on this. Where are we on the this construction on the sign on the Georgia line? Maybe this week they ought to start that. We've re-landscaped the one from the Greenville side. And hopefully this week or next week, we'll be able to have that sign up, at least have that sign up coming in from the Georgia side. What's the last update you got on the sewer construction and, and movement towards that? Uh, we have a meeting this Thursday, another meeting this Thursday with Pendleton and Clemson to talk about our joint wastewater treatment plant. So we have that going on. And we have various projects that are either out to bid or in the process of uh, plans being done. So all of that's moving along, moving along smartly, but not fast enough to suit me, but it never does. Well, there's a lot of construction going on. We've already talked about Green Pond and Broadway Lake. And uh, is Kid Venture right on, on target for what we're looking at? Uh, Kid Venture, we hope to have in July uh, accommodations tax money, which is money from people staying in hotel rooms, another $300,000. And the city should have a huge portion of that money sometime in March. And so working together with the city and the county, we should have the money necessary by July. But we're working and pretty much have the plans now on what we want to do. And talking about that, funds are already in place for some big projects at Dolly Cooper. We had a big meeting last week. And yes, we had a big meeting on that. The first priority from that meeting, 150 people attended, is a baseball field. And we're working with play, and we'll include play in the plans for that. We're also working on uh, docks in that area. We're also working on a walking trail in that area. And uh, several other things that we're looking at in that area. The big one's going to be the master plan. But the baseball field is not going to wait on the master plan, and the walking trail is not going to wait on the master plan. So hopefully we're going to get those things done. And we also have some work to do at Hurricane Springs Park, too. And Mayor Blake Sanders is going to be the, the sort of point man on getting the word out to the public on how they can have their input on the Dolly Cooper Park? Mayor Blake Sanders is also a landscape architect. Right. And before he was the mayor, he did work for Anderson County as a landscape architect. He's lectured all over the country and consulted all over the and, country. And, and he also lectures at Clemson University. He's an uh, adjunct professor there. So he'll be working on that and leading that process with us. He worked on Swamp Rabbit Trail and a lot of other things. But he's a hometown local hero. Yeah, he really is. Yes, he is. Are there any other county buildings that are significant that need work or updating or anything? That we're the building on? we're in right now, the Anderson County Courthouse, needs $500,000 worth of work up on the roof and in the structural timbers. We already have the price on that, and we're probably looking towards that in the next budget year. But that's a half million dollars right there. In addition to the new roof we put on the uh, new courthouse, the 27-year-old new courthouse, and the roof we put on the Civic Center, and the roof we put on the museum. So we've been in the roof business. Yeah, I think people forget the upkeep on buildings, how yes. expensive that can yeah. be. And these are their buildings. Uh, council also approved funding um, last 
well, I guess early winter, late fall for a new, uh, more user-friendly uh, website for the county? What yeah. What do we got on that? Uh, the new website for the county, that's in the process. They've selected, and our people are working with the company to do that. We're also going to have a new economic development website, and we're working on that, too. So both of those projects are underway. And the uh, we've gone through now a full year. Uh, how is how is the the self funded insurance working with county employees? It we've had six months of experience. It has been a very good but bumpy ride as we expected. We expect it to continue to be a bumpy ride for six months. But I still think the insurance that we have is much better than what we had in the past. And we knew there were going to be issues and problems. And we're just waiting until we see till the end of the year how we turn out. And the best place for people to keep up with Anderson County, I guess, is still Facebook and the website and the Facebook, Anderson County Television website Station. website and the Anderson County Television Station. Which is available on any format you have. Any format you have, you can pull it up. And if you haven't watched those videos, you can find many of those videos uh, that you'll see at the Anderson County Television Station. Uh, the Anderson Reserve had a part in. I do a lot of interviews of local folks. And you can see those interviews there. Paul Brown does some interviews for him as well. And Paul and I probably produce most of the content you'll see on Anderson County's community television stations. So tune in there and, and find out more about what's going on and also find out more about the stories of your friends and neighbors. Rusty mentioned parks and recreation. And parks and recreation are a huge part of 2020 for Anderson County, including the budget. And I talked to Anderson County Parks Director briefly about parks, Green Pond, Dolly Cooper Park, and the upcoming June Saluda River Rally. And Matt Shell, I just want to say Matt Shell, if you have not met Matt, is a guy who works as hard as anybody I've ever met. He has a passion for the outdoors and for the parks in this county and knows more about them and their history of the last decade or so than anybody else. And Matt is a guy that you should get to know. And you can get to know him best at that June Saluda River Rally. The registration is now open for that. They get people from all over the country coming in for that kayaking on the Saluda River. And here's quickly what Matt had to say about some of those topics. The big things we're talking about, Anderson County is the leader in ADA, accessible water recreation in South Carolina. Hands down. Nobody's even close. I would, I would say hands down. That's a, that's a very strong and fair state. And the other thing we talked about, Green Pond, and you gave me a figure, what was the economic development figure you gave me? For, 56, 56 million. In the first five years? Yeah. And, but that's, if you look at the last two to three years, it's been exponentially growing, right? Yes. Yeah, with each, um, yeah, each, uh, each classic is, has given us about, our, our, our last classic gave us 24 million. Our first classic was estimated at 19. Um, so even the economic impact, between 15 and 18 grew by 5 million, you know, estimated. So, I mean, that's, that's significant. And all of this is being done without county council raising taxes on property owners and stuff to, this is all coming from other pockets of money, really. I mean, they haven't, raised, line, they haven't raised taxes yet. But they haven't raised taxes to do any of this. Correct, right. We're using existing funds or existing whether, whether it is a you know a tax, there are right. some funds that are going from it. Whether they're um, that's not property tax. Everybody's you know, that's, right. a lot of that's being paid from out of towners. Right. So that's but that yeah correct. So that we haven't raised raised anything specific to address that. And Green Pond's just going to continue to grow with uh, some sort of event center and 
more dock space and better launch things, it's just going to get better and better, and that's just going to attract more and more. We're going to probably have a backlog of people trying to get in if we don't already. We, we do. We, our calendar, our tournament calendar is, is actually – Pushes out to 2022. So, and he's going to have to, I guess Neil's going to start prioritizing the size of the event from well, here. Well, and what, what we're going to have to do is, is get into more of a, um, you know, we're going to have to start scheduling, and, and organizations are going to have to know that they're going to have to start scheduling more in advance, and they do not. A lot of times, current tournament, when we meet with, when Neil and I meet with, or when we engage the different series within, under the Bass umbrella, uh, you know, a lot of times there's, they're, they're looking for next year, but they're kind of having an idea on the following year. Um, but certainly as we approach some of these, like, say, for instance, the Classic, we have to consider, and they Bass has to consider, that it, it may be easier for us to find a date. It's going to be harder for Greenville to find a date. So on that big one, on that Super Bowl bass fishing, we're, like, we're, especially the, the busier that we get, we're going to have, everybody's going to have to keep an eye on the fact that um, we'll have to plan now, once we get an event center, though, the classic will still always go. Be too big. It's or too it's big. Just a it's too cooperative. Effort. Well, there's there's two like what the classic needs is like a minimum thirteen thousand or fifteen thousand seats at an arena for the weigh-in, and then they need a quarter million, um, maybe two hundred fifty thousand square feet in expo space. I got you. And then and so that are the fundamental components, and then they need obviously a lake. Mm-hmm. So those of those three lakes, of those three components, we have the lake. They have the two others, but also what comes with that is there's there's actually four things. There's significant there's significant there's a significant side fee that comes with you. bass that Greenville covers. So between so when we look at it all, we will be able to do a ton more at the ramp with the event center, uh, the the uh, the Ray Scott Championship, which is coming back to us April of this year, it's 2020. It's a week long event. We will actually have an expo at. The Civic Center. So a, a tournament like that or, or the dinners, the, the angler dinners the night before, the director's dinners during, those events will start all happening right there at Green Pond. Right. Whereas we're not, maybe we might not have to go to the expo. But the there's, there's, not a, there's also probably a good side to having some association with Greenville just because of their international attention that Agreed. Greenville gets. So yes. then the, we become part of it. And, and then let's, one more thing I want to have clear in my head. Um, the Saluda River Alley. It is June 6th, first Saturday in June. June 6th, first Saturday in June. And is the website updated? Um, I don't know if the, the date might be on there. We haven't been we haven't on it at all like right now. Um, we haven't been on it at all right, right now trying to, to get it ready, but we, we soon will because that we're about to be we're about to be five months out. But, um, but we have but we have a and so we'll still be the paid registered registered event. I think it's I think it's still just thirty five dollars. And some people can if they want to take a look. There's a big event in May at Dolly Cooper Park. They'll be able to Rhythm on the River is June is May second, and that's going to be a big Powdersville. Um, Powdersville, Anderson County's playing a big role in it to help Powdersville. And they can see the new trail. They'll be new. able to see the new trail. There'll be music. Um, be all, all set up on the ball field. Um, there'll be music vendors. Um, there'll just be a day on the river. New ramp down to the accessible. The dock. new ramp. The, the fishing pier should be okay. in place. So we, uh, we it'll May May second will be the first time people will be able to see that completed. Um, that'll be that'll be that'll be big from the whole ADA River um, improvement. And again, Matt Shell is doing a tremendous job with the park. So he he would he is self-effacing. He would be embarrassed for me to say that in front of him, but I can say it since he's not here. Uh, Dolly Cooper Park. 
and the big Rhythm in the River event in May coming up is a big part of the plans for 2020. That park is, was really planned out well until the 2008 uh, uh, financial crisis hit and there was just no money to continue developing it. And now the, they've come back around and are doing a lot of things, including, as was just mentioned, the completion of all the ADA ramp and other things for the kayak launch and then ADA trail along the river and a baseball field that's coming. And Anderson County Councilman Jimmy Davis represents that region. And I talked to him about that in his first year in office and about Dolly Cooper Park and the plans there. So we're wrapping up your first year as Anderson County Councilman. Well, first of all, before we get into that, tell people why you decided to run for council. Why was that an important thing for you to do? Well, I just thought it was, you know, a good opportunity and the right time for me to give back to my community that has meant so much to me as I, I grew up there, was born and raised in the northern part of the county, and I just thought it was important uh, for my life to, to give back and to serve uh, the people up there and, and just to give back to the community that's been uh, so good to me. When you were growing up and going to school there, would you have ever dreamed of being on Anderson County Councilman? Absolutely not. I'm probably the last person anybody thought. Including Your teachers wouldn't have it. No, no, no. <laughs> But uh, it was it was just the right time, and everything lined up in my life to where uh, I, I felt uh, felt like it was a, a good opportunity for me to to serve. You've got a year under your belt now, and you've been involved in a lot of committees and other things. Gone through the first budget process. What uh, is anything surprised you? What have you learned this year? Um, probably the complexity of the budget and just the uh, how our county finances work and. You know, it, it was easy to go in uh, into office thinking, I, you know, I, I was going to, you know, learn and, and sit back and, and just kind of get my bearings. But we, we jumped into the budget process pretty quickly. And uh, that, that is a very complicated uh, process, but it was so enlightening to see uh, how interested our county departments were to, to save money and, and to be frugal with the taxpayer dollar. And, uh, we made uh, we made we made a lot of uh, changes in in how things were going about, and we were able to pass a budget with no tax increase uh, for you know the second half of the year last year and this first half. And we're looking forward. We're already starting to work on the budget process now for, uh, for the next year. So, uh, but the budget process was probably the most enlightening and surprising thing uh, that I found. Um, you know, I, th I you know. I think we have a great council. We all work well together. We may not always agree on everything, but we work well together, and, and I think we're a, a good uh, dynamic council that has a lot of good ideas that we can, we can talk about with each other. What have been some of the biggest challenges this year for council? Uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges right now is we're trying to find money to pave roads. I mean, the roads are in, in bad shape across the county, and, and we're studying in a lot of different ways. We talked about doing a road fee, uh, but in my opinion, it just doesn't supply enough money. And, you know, even though it was kind of fair across the board because everybody drives a car, and everybody that would drive a car uh, would pay this fee, but it would only supply uh, around between three and a half and four million dollars a year. Well, District 6 in itself needs about $3.3 million just to maintain our roads. And as everyone knows, the northern part of the county, uh, because of Powdersville, is one of the fastest growing areas, uh, if not the fastest growing unincorporated area in the state. So we have a big challenge ahead for to keep our infrastructure going 
and roads are a big part of that. Uh, we've made some great strides in sewer um, uh, infrastructure, but roads are the big challenge. So we got to figure out a way to, to get money without raising um, millage taxes on houses and cars, because that's not the answer to pave roads. So our challenge for the next year is to figure out how to get some money to, to put some asphalt down for the, on the county roads. Like you mentioned, your district is one of the fastest growing, probably going to be affected by the census and other things. Uh, one of the other big challenges, and you've already begun having meetings to talk about this, is providing recreational opportunities uh, and finding the funding for that and all. We just had a Dolly Cooper Park meeting about that. Talk a little bit about the importance of recreation in the Dolly Cooper Park in your, your district. Well, recreation, um, whether it be uh, just outdoor recreation or be sports related for, for the youth, is very important in the growth of any, any, any neighborhood or any community. And so we, we saw a need there uh, with Dolly Cooper Park. We've had this been in place for quite a while. The county has, has invested over $2 million in Dolly Cooper up to date, and we've got a long way to go there. But we need to supply an area for baseball fields. We've got a football field up there. Uh, we've got a disc golf course up there, and we've got a kayak launch, and we're going to continue to improve and um, and change Dolly Cooper. We're we're in the process now of starting a master plan, which will involve the whole community, and they will have input on what they want to see at Dolly Cooper because there's a lot of area, there's a lot of land up there that we can do a lot of different things, and everybody can have bits and pieces of what they want up there. Uh, we've got a, a great uh, um, event coming up with sponsored by the Powderfield Business Council. Uh, called uh, Rhythm on the River that will be in May, early May. We had the, the Saluda River Rally coming up in the early June, uh, which, you know, has been going on for, I believe, 11 years now. And last year we had over 300 people float the river. So um, we recently were able to acquire uh, almost 28 acres of land above the dam in Piedmont, which will give us a takeout and a put-in there in Piedmont. Um, but the Saluda River Blue Tail, uh, which the state has ter termed it, is an important area of recreation for the northern part of the county. It's our water wreck. So Anderson County's got a great place called Lake Hartwell that, that brings in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. But we also have a great river that's wild and scenic and beautiful if, um, in the northern part of the county. So with the addition of the land in Piedmont, we're going to have really the first continuous ADA-approved section of the Saluda River Blue Trail in the state, and it's going to be in Anderson County, so I'm real proud of that. Um, and of course, we already have takeouts in Pelzer and Belton, and with when we get the portages around the dam, you'll be able to float from Dolly Cooper Park all the way to Belton, uh, and it'll all be ADA-approved. So it, it's a big thing for recreation, for water recreation for the northern part of the county. And you mentioned, you know, the, the Saluda River Alley has been attracting people from states up and down the east coast We've absolutely had from the northeast and florida and all over the place so it is a big tourist it is and, and i encourage everybody to look into it you don't have to be a kayaker or or, or uh, an avid canoeist to, you can do it in the inner tube but it's a great time it's it's a it's reasonable for people to get into i think last year it was 25 bucks and you get a t-shirt a nice wet bag and you get lunch and so, you know, you just go online and sign up, but it's a, it's a great day on the water for, and it's just a, it's just a good time. Yeah, Matt Shell, I want to shout out to him. He and his folks have done a good job of organizing and helping that thing Absolutely. grow. What are some of the other challenges being in the fastest growing district that you face as a councilman? Well, you know, everybody uh, wants to see um, 
different things in, in the fastest area, fastest growing area up there. Um, and, and, you know, you have the people um, like myself and some that have been there a lot longer than I have. I mean, but uh, there's, there's a lot of homegrown people up there and, and they want to maintain some of that rural and, and feel and the hometown feel that they've always enjoyed in Piedmont and Powdersville. And then, you know, we have a crowd that's moved in and, and, and we need those people moving in because we need people there living there and spending their money there. And uh, so we got to find the right mix up there of, of, of how we grow and, and, and how we take that growth and, and plan for the future. What, um, you've mentioned this before, but the people who are in your district that want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to communicate with you? Uh, my phone number is on, online uh, on the county website as well as my email. So if, if anyone go, goes to the county website for Anderson County, uh, they, um, my phone number and email is on there as well as Facebook under, uh, under Jimmy Davis. And uh, so a lot of people contact me through Facebook, and, but even more are using email and uh, so with my county email address. Are you getting a lot of feedback from your constituents? Are people getting in touch with you a lot? More than I expected, and it, I should say more positive than I expected. I've got a lot of, we, there's a lot of positive people in my district. And, yeah, we do have our problems, and we do have some things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But for the most part, people are really positive, and, 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 I, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate people just reaching out to me when they have an issue or they have a question. And, uh, I, you know, so I don't want people to feel like they're ever bothering me because this is my job. My job is to serve the people of District 6 and, and the people of Anderson County, and I, they'll, they're never bothering me. And uh, no call is, is too simple for me to take, and I, I appreciate people reaching out to me. And that kind of leads to this, this county council position. Has it been more work than you expected? Um, yeah, it has. Um, I, w I really wasn't sure what to expect, but I, I was so fortunate that uh, Councilman Waters, my predecessor, left the, the seat in such a great shape, and uh, he, he's, you know, I owe him a, a lot of gratitude, and, and I, have, I have a ton of respect for Ken Waters. He, uh, he did a great job for us as councilman, and, and he left the seat in a really, really good, good place, and I'm just fortunate enough to be able to pick up the ball and run with it. If somebody's watching you talk about this and are thinking, you know, I've been thinking about maybe doing public service and maybe, I don't, what would you say? Would you encourage them to get involved? I would, and I, I, I tell them, I would tell them this, do as much research as you can and, uh, you know, because, and visit, um, you know, whatever office you're looking to run for. I mean, I encourage them, you know, to to research it and visit uh, where those offices are serving and kind of get and get as much information as you can on what's going on. You know, and I also encourage the, the folks of Anderson County, if you've never been to a council meeting, they're not greatly exciting meetings, but um, the agendas are posted online and, and keep in touch with what's going on in your county because uh, the, I think the, the local offices have a lot to do with your, your everyday life. Is there anything I hadn't asked you that we wanted to cover that you wanted to make sure you said? No, I just, I mean, I give, I'm, I give thanks to, to God first for allowing me to serve in, in the, I think, the greatest county in the nation. And, and I thank my parents for their support and all my friends that supported me through this process. And uh, it's been, it, it was a, it was an interesting journey, the, the political, uh, all, you know, the electoral process. And I, I learned a lot, but uh, at the same time, I'm very humbled just to be able to serve um, the, the folks in my district and, and uh, I just want to do the best I can and, and, and leave it better than I found it. 
and leaving the county better than we found it should be a goal we all uh, strive to, to achieve. If you want to keep up more with what's going on in Anderson County, drive by a county council meeting. This week they made it 6.30 p.m. in the historic courthouse downtown. It looks like a short meeting. be a good one to see. Uh, at 6 p.m. there's a meeting honoring the special work by the Anderson County Law Enforcement. Uh, they're going to honor Ted Madison for his lifetime contributions to Anderson County. Also honor the Wren Hurricanes football team on their state championship in football this year. Citizen participation in local government is more important than ever and I would like to see more and more people get involved and it is an election year and this is a council election year and I hope to see a lot more people coming out to the council meetings. But later this week, the Milltown Players continue their production of Moonlight and Magnolias, a Hollywood tale of making the movie Gone with the Wind. Uh, it's gotten really good reviews. If you missed last week's podcast, you could go back and listen to an interview with the founder of the Milltown Players, Will Raglan, who talks more about this and the play and the people who are in it in detail, but it does have some of the top folks in the upstate involved. The Clemson Little Theater, Pendleton Playhouse, is offering the Southern favorite Steel Magnolias, another good cast. It's also being well-received, and it's going on again this weekend. To find out about the times of those productions, it's easiest to just to check the Anderson Observer calendar or visit the Milltown Players or the Clemson Little Theater, Pendleton Playhouse Facebook pages or their websites. Now, this past weekend was a time to remember other avenues of local history as the South Carolina Museum of Pendleton hosted the Ag History Day. Despite the cold weather, they had a good crowd turnout, lots of families to learn about the history of farm life, including how hard it was to take care of animals, weave their own clothing, make their own rope, and a lot of other things that were done in hands-on workshops for the kids. Um, museum director Andrew Stevenson talked to me briefly at the event. So today's our Living History Day. We basically got um, uh, a lot of our volunteers and staff out working, doing different things. I'm going over animals. We've got all of our different animal exhibits out. Um, we just got some new guinea pigs, so the guy, everybody's loving those. And um, kids can go in and play with the rabbits and have some hands-on stuff like that. So we're basically just sort of an outreach and getting everybody involved and what life would have been like as living history, you know? And, and basically the first thing that strikes me is very hard work. So. Oh yeah, yeah, everything was done by hand. You didn't have any, uh, uh, or not much mechanical work to make it much easier. So you get to see how everything, everybody worked hard back in the day. And, and kids love it too, because they had to be involved on the farm too. So that's another thing we try to drive home. Well, and for people who still have not come out to the South Carolina Agriculture Museum, tell them what they're missing and what, what they can do, what they can find here. Sure, so uh, it's open to the public. We're from noon to five every day. Um, and then we also run programs for the kids. We've got uh, kids programs, everything from story time with the younger kids um, up to I do cooking classes and other things with the older kids. Older kids also have volunteer opportunities where they get to work with our animals and things like that. But um, yeah, we try to keep events going pretty much year round. Facebook's the best way to find out about that. You can go up on our Facebook page and find out about all the upcoming events. And it's important for this community to have a state museum right here. I mean, this is, this is the, the Ag Museum for the whole state. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's we're very proud of that. Um, and obviously, this um, part of the country, we have a lot of agricultural background. Um, I grew up on a farm. A lot of people grew up on the farm. One of my favorite parts of working here is you get a lot of older folks, and they'll come out and teach me a thing or two about how a lot of this stuff worked or their experience with it and uh, um, and what they did. You know, I grew up. We had hog uh, slaughters on our farm and ate sausage from it all year, and so just. That connection to the land is huge, and it's uh, it's something we want to pass on to the next generation and teach people about. Anderson County is fortunate to have the Agricultural Museum of South Carolina, and if you haven't visited out there, make plans to take the family. It really is a fun place to visit, lots to learn. Um, it's also one of uh, 
two South Carolina statewide museums here in Anderson County, the other being the Tennis Museum Hall of Fame in Belton. It's the South Carolina Tennis Museum Hall of Fame. So we've got two statewide museums right here in Anderson County. Also made over the weekend with the final demolition of the Jackson Mill in Iva. It was a cold, wet day, and they tore down the iconic smokestack and the water tower at the mill, and many former employees turned out for that event to remember the time when textiles were sort of the kings in this area. A lot of folks who worked there many years were on hand and talked to various media outlets about their days at the plant. Uh, the plant was shut down for good in 1995, early 96, actually, when they uh, shut down and laid off 395 workers. So. It's been a while since the plant was up and running, but they finally took down the iconic smokestack and water tower. Well, today Anderson County has moved to much higher paying manufacturing jobs, cleaner, a lot of those high-tech jobs with potential for upward movement for employees. In fact, the average hourly wage, you may remember, has risen from $9.33 an hour in 2008 to just at $20 per hour in 2019. And with the downtown courthouse square property being developed, in a very slow and methodic and strategic way and other downtown improvements which will add to the countywide growth. I think the best may be yet to come here for Anderson County. Let's all hope so. And the Anderson Observer Podcast is brought to you in part by Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's Caters. Best food anywhere in Anderson and anywhere else for that matter. In fact, they continue to be listed on the top 100 restaurants in the United States list. Uh, their catering is white table cater catering at, you know, uh, tinfoil pan prices and they have the best of everything. If you haven't been down there lately, call or go by. I especially encourage people who haven't been in a while to go to lunch, and they have some of the best lunch menus in town, and the prices for their lunch are equal to any place else you'd want to go to eat lunch downtown or around. Tremendous food, and every week I mention this, but I think I'll throw it out one more time. The best comfort food in town is the pot roast sandwich. It is warm roast beef and gravy on bread, and you get a side with that, and it will warm you up on these cold days. I want to thank Bill Nickerson Sullivan's for being a sponsor of the Anderson Observer Podcast. So join me again here next week for the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust with more updates and interviews of those making a difference in our community. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. Sleep, sleep If the thumb